welcome to another edition of the morning after here on fan run radio i'm davis rangi alongside me jake miller here with you for a victorious edition of the morning after after tennessee goes into memorial gymnasium and comes out with a 75 to 62 win yesterday and man we can say all we want about different stats here and there this and that but the main difference between us and them, and the main difference really this whole year, has just been one guy, and it's been Dalton Connect. And he's been the absolute savior for this uh, program, and I can't say enough good things about him. 32 points yesterday on 13 of 21 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3. Did struggle on free throws, only 3 for 7, but you can live with that with a guy like that. And he's now averaging 35 points over his last three games, and... This guy is a bona fide first-round pick, in my opinion. Should be a top-ten pick. Lottery pick for sure, and he can just do things that other guys can't. His uh, The way he has his moves, his frame, his body, with his uh, – he probably has at least a seven-foot wingspan. He can drive the hole. He can score at all three levels, and that's something that we have not had with Rick Barnes. Even you want to go back to Grant Williams. Yes, Grant could get you a bucket at any time, but that was really down the post. He could – that was really his game was just post and then an occasional spot up three from the top of the key. But um, Connect just brings a different element, like I said, where he can score on all three levels. He's a guy that no matter what's going on in the game, you just give the ball to, he can get you a bucket or at least get fouled. He's one of those guys that knows how to get to the rim, knows how to score. He's born to be a scorer, and that's something that we've been missing this entire time with Rick Barnes here. And – it's definitely something that can get you over the hump come March because we've not had that guy in those situations, and we've definitely been missing him. I mean, if we had him last year, we'd probably destroy FAU and we go in a little scoring drought. But this team goes to the Final Four last year with Dalton Connect. Yeah, that's my point. You, the team we couldn't beat FAU, we would have destroyed them with him. So, like, he, he's the main difference in everything. And uh, yesterday, you know, we, we came out kind of flat and dull and – you know, I think people want to say that Memorial Gymnasium is a hard place to play. I, I don't necessarily think it's a hard place to play. I think it's a weird place to play for sure. I'd say it's a hard but, place to shoot more than it is a hard place to play. But that too. But also I think it's just the opponent who you're playing in. It's just it's who you are because Vanderbilt is always – historically they've always played their best game and their hardest at home against Tennessee. Uh, but they got the crap beat out of them by Presbyterian earlier this year. So I don't necessarily think it's a hard place to play. I just think it's who they're playing and how it always lines up to be. And they always play their best game and their hardest game against Tennessee at home. But other than that, they're crap. And in the second half, first half you came out, you are very kind of lethargic and flat and didn't really have any energy. And in the second half, we've seen this a few times now in road games. They decided to just turn it up. They flip a switch when they want to. And that's great. I love it. Um, I'd love to see it all 40 minutes, though, on the road. We've seen it at home before plenty, but we've not seen it yet on the road. But they really killed them on the glass in the second half, and um, I think that's – you were supposed to be able to do that with a team like Vanderbilt, and that was a key to yesterday's game, just getting those second-chance opportunities. And for the most part, took care of the ball, only seven turnovers. And I think a bright spot of yesterday that not a lot of people are talking about is – Jordan Ganey kind of came out of his shell there in the second half. You know, we were uh, he got to the he got to the rim a few times. We haven't really seen that a ton this year. He got to the rim, got fouled, made all his free throws, and then 
he hit one he had a big three yesterday to put us up by 10 and that kind of just broke the dam open so I'm, I'm glad to see he's playing well that's now 15 last saturday against vanderbilt or excuse me against alabama and then 10 yesterday against vanderbilt so he's kind of breaking out of his streak like a uh, slump like we said he would eventually so that's always great to see but i mean ultimately jake this team we can say all the numbers we want this and that but it's going to come down to dalton connect come march and i just hope we have one of those games where we're just we know what the we know what to do we give them the ball and get the hell out of the way that's what you do i mean when you got a player that is that good i mean you look at great players throughout history lebron james michael jordan kobe bryant you know larry bird magic johnson Dr. J, the list goes on. When you need a bucket and when you need somebody to take over, what do you do? You get the ball in their hands and you just get out of the way. And that's kind of what we have done with Dalton Connect, of course, going for 32 last night. And you look at the rest of the team. I mean, we had four guys get the double digits. Should have had five if Jonas could have knocked down a few free throws. That's the only qualm that I really have with last night. We didn't shoot the ball from the free throw line very well. Uh, mainly uh, Dalton Connect and Jonas Adu. Those were your two guys that went to the foul line more than anybody, and both those guys shot under fifty percent. That's the only uh, that's the only you know gripe that I have about last night. And Davis, I wanted to bring up something uh, by this guy who does a little bitty podcast called The Field of Sixty Eight. I guess is what it's called after dark. And Rob Douster said that Antonio Reeves has better numbers across the board than Dalton Connect, and no one is talking about it. That's all SEC bleep. That's all American bleep right there now let me tell you davis and this is courtesy of our friend ryan shumpert over at rocky top insider in the last 11 games versus power six opponents reeves is averaging 20.3 and 43 percent from the field 35 percent from three in 13 games against power six teams dalton connect is averaging 22.9 on 51 percent from the field and 44.4 from three. Now, in the past six games now, Dalton Connect is averaging 32 points a game. Tell me what's really All-American right there. Tell me what's really All-SEC, because Reeves right now, yeah, he's an All-SEC player. Dalton Connect might be the best player in the country. Yeah, everyone's going to bring up Zach Eady. Listen, Zach Eady's just big. Let's call that like it is. Zach Eady is just big. Dalton Connect is, without a doubt, the best collegiate player in the country right now. Dalton Connect, greater than sign, Brandon Miller is where I'm at with it. I think he's a better player than Brandon Miller. I don't think he's going to get drafted as high as Brandon Miller, but I think, you know, like you said, he's a definite lottery pick and very well should be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft that we got coming up here in a few months. And quite frankly, Davis, Dalton Connect's probably going to make an impact on an NBA team. He's not going to do much for you defensively. By God, he's going to go eat you a bucket whenever you need it, though. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at that tweet. I saw it uh, this morning by Ryan Shumpert. I mean, if you just put it up like that, it's just it's very clear and definitive who's the better player. But I mean, the only reason that connects averaging eighteen point eight instead of more than that is, I mean, he had that ankle injury and he didn't look like himself for what about five games or so mm-hmm. and struggled there. But ever since he's recovered from that, he's looked exactly like how he looked before the ankle injury and. Yeah, I mean, the only thing with difference between Connect and Miller is Brandon Miller is their age. I mean, Brandon Miller was, what, 19 years old. He was a freshman last yeah, year. Yeah, 18, was, 19. Yeah, 18, 19, whatever you want to call it. But he was a consistent 
or consensus lottery pick top five, and he went top two just because of his age and had Wimbignana not been there last year, he would have been number one. But if Dalton Connect was 19 years old or 18 years old, he would be in that conversation of being a number one or number two pick. Um, and yeah, I do think he's going to be an impact guy for a team. Whoever is lucky enough to land him, maybe it's my Memphis Grizzlies because we're having a down year. I'd love to have him, but he's going to be one of those impact guys because like I mentioned, and like, you know, NBA teams love, love, love drafting young guys that necessarily aren't able to produce right away, but they think their potential could be high, so they draft them off potential. Well, Dalton Connect's already reached his full potential. You already know what he can do and how it kind of translates to the programs. So if you draft him, you already get an immediate impact guy. Even though he's a little bit older, he can come in and score for you right away rather than having to wait. I know Brandon Miller's finally catching his stride a little bit here, but then having to wait, I don't know. In some cases, it takes two or three years to see these guys actually come to life. So Dalton Connect, I think, is a guy that you're going to see right away have an impact. And I, I won't say a franchise change or anything, but he can definitely be a solid piece to your team. Absolutely. I mean, you can't argue with it. And, you know, you just mentioned um, you know, that he should be a top ten pick. Right now, as it stands – According to NBADraftRoom.com, this is the first one that popped up. Right now, it is looking like Dalton Connect will land right around the number 10 spot. Yeah, I was curious what they had him. I, last time, he, he's just been climbing up and climbing up. I know when we – after the UNC game, there's a tons of scouts there, and he went up to like 15 in the mock drafts. And then now he's climbing up, and he's already in the 10 range. So, if he has a great march, I mean – I think it's a legitimate shot that he could go even higher between five and ten. And let it be I'd say like seven or eight. Well, and let it be known that the only Kentucky player ahead of him right now is Robert Dillingham. And you know, we talked about all those five stars that were going to Kentucky last year, and Davis, who was the one guy that I told you to watch out for because he's the lowest rated guy in this class, but he's gonna make an immediate impact, and that was Reed Shepard. They have him going number thirteen right now, uh, right behind Big Z. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, Dalton Connect, and Robert Dillingham. Yeah, I'm looking at a weird one right now. I'm uh, I'm trying to find Connect's name still. I'm down to 17. Um, Which one are you on? Oh, here he goes. 19. 19 to the Raptors. This is a, just, I don't know. It's called Yard Barker. They were updated four hours ago. I just did the most recent one. But, oh, man. Um. I kind of like the Ringers one. Let's see where they have him on the Ringer. Uh, Give me a second. Reed Shepard, number four. Wow. Okay. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You, uh, you sure you like that one? <laughs> yeah, I, I may have to change my stance. Uh, connect 15 to the Magic. Be down there with so, I mean, that's not Paulo a bad Banchero. spot for him. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he would just be playing behind Franz Wagner and not get a ton of, I don't know, run. Or be able to overplace him, but um, I don't know. I I don't look too far ahead. I just I need him to handle business in March because you know my biggest fear last night when I was sitting there watching that game is it's bound to happen. You're you're gonna have an off night one night as if you're as good of a player as Connect is, and uh, pray to God hopefully it's not in March. But if it is, like, are you gonna be able to squeak out of that win because? 
And that type of game, the main thing is just you got to survive. That's the whole theme of Marsh, survive in advance. And if he's having a bad game, you just have to find a way to win. And I don't know if we'll uh, – hopefully we'll be able to do it, but I'm not sure because every year when something like that happens and the pressure gets – the lights get too bright, as they say, we kind of mm-hmm. tighten up. And uh, which it just happens every year. We end up losing to somebody we shouldn't. So um, I'm just trying to enjoy the season while it lasts, but – I just want to. I just want to be able to know, like, in that kind of scenario, that we can be able to survive through that. No, I mean, you make a great point there, and you know, just looking, you know, to at what we got coming up. I mean, obviously, next Saturday, it's it's a big one. It is a huge game next Saturday. We get another midweek game uh, this week, which I found very weird. You know, we didn't get our midweek game uh, this week, but you got South Carolina coming to the Tommy Bowl, and then uh, next Saturday, eight thirty, the ESPN man. It's uh, it's what dreams are made of, man. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I didn't realize it was. This, I guess that's a casual take on my part, but I didn't realize it was coming up this soon. I thought we had another week, but um, I mean that's not that's not an easy midweek game either. Now, like I get us at home. I'm I'm very glad this game's at home because I'd be very concerned if it was on the road. But the, the, they're not a bad team this year. Uh, now, South Carolina's seventeen and three right now. Their only losses are to. They lost at Clemson, who was ranked on the road at the time. Lost to Alabama, got beat pretty bad. And they lost to Georgia. So they're kind of up and down, but they did beat Kentucky by 17 last week. Um, so kind of a Jekyll and Hyde up and down team, kind of like uh, every other team in this league. I mean, Mississippi State, they can beat us and beat Auburn, but then get trounced by uh, Texas A&M. And then you have – uh, excuse me, Auburn, who looked great up until this week, and then they just lose back-to-back. So no one really knows with this league. I think it's just kind of us in Kentucky, and just like it always has been for the past, what, five, ten years. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. At first glance, I'm not really expecting us to win that game. Not because I don't think we can. We can't can win, but – I just think we're kind of walking into a hornet's nest, and I I don't see us getting any calls up there next Saturday. We're not going to, but I no. mean, dude, of all the games yesterday, I'm not going to lie the uh, the one that I found the most exciting, the one I found myself the most into, other than ours, was actually the Richmond Spiders versus the Dayton Flyers over on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, I did not watch that. <laughs> No joke. Like, Richmond, they have won 10 straight for the first time in program history. Knocked down number 16, Dayton, as they come to their house. A court storming, mid-major madness. I'm all about it, man. I find more enjoyment out of mid-major ball right now than what I do some of the big dogs. I know Dayton's pretty good. I know um, also the Providence and uh, Georgetown game with Kim English coaches Providence now, but Ed Cooley, who left Providence, came back with Georgetown and got booed and all that, and then they got beat, and then he goes to his post-game press conference and says that he should get a bonus for the environment in uh, today's arena after he lost. Uh, Yeah, you don't do that. (laughs) You don't do that at all. Yeah, that was interesting. So that's a little bit of mid-major drama, but that was an interesting take by him. The Big East, man, I mean, do we even really consider them a true mid-major anymore? The Big East. Because, you know, they were you know one of the best conferences in all of college athletics at one point. Then all those teams went to the American 
And then you have the new Big East, you know, where you add Butler, you know, DePaul, like all those guys, you just start adding those teams in, like Creighton and Marquette gets in there. And I'll be honest, man, like I don't necessarily know if the Big East is actually a mid-major. I don't – You got yeah, three teams in the top 25, one of them being number one. Yeah, and they also have, you know, some other teams that traditionally are very good but aren't right now. Villanova, obviously, with Jay Wright, has been amazing for years and years, but he just retired a couple years ago. Butler, I mean, generally has been decent, not terrible. Brad Saint Stevens, they walked through the great door. Next year with uh, Rick Pitino, so Seton Hall's in there as well. Yeah, Seton Hall. I mean, Georgetown. I know they haven't been good like in the past decade or so, but traditionally they're a powerhouse. So the Big East has some great teams, but they're just not all great at once. Right. So yeah, we'll get into it more on the other side. We got to hit our first break of the hour. Stay with us. Morning after here on Farrow Radio. Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just gotta start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get a white claw vodka soda. You'll taste better. I'm about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. Try the all new white claw vodka soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors. Only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and two grams of sugar. White claw vodka soda. Please drink responsibly. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia where your journey begins. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit Rogers Hydrant service.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com Get the best for your team delivered right and on time So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today They are our love bugs and companions They are our pets, our family and they make life better When we face unexpected challenges so do our pets That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets Whether donating a bag of kibble sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat or welcoming a foster pet into your home Every bit of kindness counts. 
Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer, baby. She's 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller, baby. And the thing about your boy is... Welcome back. Morning after here on Fan Run Radio. I had to let that bumper play a little bit. You know, I love me some Jack Harlow. Nothing can't go wrong with him. It is now the official song. If you've got any sort of drip whatsoever, if you've got any kind of dunks or Jordan ones, yeah, you can throw the threes in there. But yeah, if you're wearing any kind of those shoes, that should be like your walkout song. Like you walk out of your bedroom, you walk out of the closet, that's the song that should be playing. Can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not—it's not really what you'd expect coming from a you know traditional radio coming back as a bumper. But you know, we we do things a little different here at Fairmont Radio. That's why we're different, and that's why we're uh, loved and appreciated by. Uh, I'm not most afraid people. to throw some throw some dirt on Wes Rucker. Yeah, I'll at least I mean, stand for the national anthem. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a little bit more than 37 of us, but eh, maybe maybe 38. Who knows? Yeah, eh, maybe maybe we'll round it up to 40. Yeah. But you know, I just I was sitting here during the break and I was thinking, it truly is amazing where we are right now as a just as all around athletic program and athletic department. I mean, it's it's amazing to see things like Heupel yesterday at that game supporting the team. I don't really know why he was there if he was there in Nashville recruiting or what he may be doing, but it is good to see. We've never really had that before where we had the football coach. I've, I've never heard of a football coach being on a road game and supporting the basketball team. Never once have I seen that. And it's amazing to see Hypel, obviously the football programs in the golden era right now. We've uh, won 20 games the past two years. We're, trending upwards and even with Joe Milton we won nine games so there's no telling what we can do with competent quarterback play like we did with Hooker so I mean the only time that I've seen a basketball or a football coach say anything about the basketball program uh it's probably Jeremy Pruitt he's like well when you're recruiting somebody and you turn on the tv (laughs) and your basketball team's whipping somebody's ass it's pretty good (laughs) and easy to recruit (laughs) yeah what a dumb ass he was yeah, he's a moron. I don't even know. He probably didn't even know. Like, I don't know. He's just, yeah, I don't know how we landed a single. I do know how we landed a single player with him, but it, they didn't come to Tennessee because of Jeremy Pruitt's personality. No, no, they didn't. But, uh, like I mentioned, football, we're going to be great this year. I think, uh, 10 wins is a possibility for sure. Basketball, obviously, your Final Four potential. Baseball, been to Omaha twice already. And, I mean, went to a Super Regional the year between and probably should have won the whole thing that year. But it happens. It's baseball. But you've uh, now gone to Omaha two of the past three years. You're ranked 11th, I believe, in the preseason polls. And... You're obviously, you know, with Tony Vitale, you're going to have a great team in and out every year. So uh, it's just, uh, 
I mean, it's crazy. The only thing really lacking now out of the major sports is women's basketball. And yep. we'll see if they can get turned around. It's, I, I know they've had a rough start to the year, and they've kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say turned the corner, but they've gotten better. And I don't know, we'll just see what happens with uh, Coach Harper. So, but I, just overall, I'm just very grateful for where we are right now as an athletics program. And I'm very thankful for Danny White and uh, everything he's done since he got here in, was it January of, or December of 2020? So it's uh, been January of 2021. Okay. So it's been right at three years then. Yep. He came in just a few days after Philip Fulmer sat up there with a sweatshirt on underneath a sport jacket. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't even try at that point, man. He didn't even try. All of a sudden, three days later, everything just gets better. Recruiting has been good. Has been good? Yeah, you got to give that long pause because he knew he screwed up checking that left his mouth. (laughs) Oh, what a disaster. And just just the, I don't even know. The moronicness, if that's even that's not even a word, but yes, stu- it is stupidity now a word. to say recruiting has been, and then pause and think about it and just say good. The dumbassery, oh. dumbassery is what we're gonna call it. Yeah, dumbassery. Yeah, could you be any more stupid? But God, I can't believe all that happens still, and I can't believe it. I guess, but it just still blows my mind how we did all that and we still sucked. The best tweet that came out of that day was three years prior, four years prior. um, Of course, Shiano Sunday was a thing. And one of the tweets that came out on Shiano Sunday was, we're the caretakers of this program now. And then after all that happened, someone gets on there, man, if we're the caretakers of this program, we're doing a really crappy job of it. Yeah, I – I don't know if this came across your timeline, but when Heupel was hired, it was three years ago today, yesterday. It was three years ago yesterday that he got officially hired Yep. Um, by UT. And some of the tweets on there were funny uh, underneath it. I don't know if I can find them. Let me see if I can find them. But, I mean, that pretty much matched up to what I thought at the time, too. I mean, no one was thrilled or blown away by this hire. I mean, we all had high expectations bringing in Danny White and, what he could do and some of the names that were rumored that he was talking to. And, you know, he just brings his buddy up from um, UCF. We were all kind of pissed at the time. And just, I guess the word is, uh, I guess, apathetic. What am I trying to say? I'm, I'm brains fried here. Um, apathetic. Yeah. Apathetic. We're just apathetic at the time. We just didn't care anymore. We're like, ah, screw Tennessee football. Like it's dead. There's no chance of it. And, and that's just the complete opposite happened. I uh, I think Joe Milton's injury in the pit game was a blessing. That's what saved Tennessee football because had he not gotten injured in that game, then who knows? We may be sitting here right now with a new coach. You never know. But um, That's the one thing that he has whiffed on twice now is Joe Milton. Yeah. But other than that, man, I mean – with what Nico did in the bowl game, with what Hendon Hooker was able to do in his two years here, if we can carry that over to this year, you're looking at a college football playoff team. 
Absolutely, especially on a 12-team. There's no excuse not to be in it right. to me. No, I'm right there with you on that. I mean, if you got 12 teams in this playoff, you should be in the at least in the mix every year. If you're not in the mix, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Which, granted, I'm still staying true to my stance on 12 is not enough. You're going to have to go to 16 and eventually 24. Um, you know, the FCS, their model is 24. And I don't know if you caught yourself watching any of it during bowl season last year, Davis. The more entertaining football was from the FCS playoffs than what it was in some of these bowl games in which nobody cared about it, didn't matter. Your best football during the month of December was from the FCS. Well, it means something to those guys. Yeah. They're not there for NIL dollars or opt-outs. or No, they're there they, because they genuinely want to play football. Yeah, and they truly, genuinely care about the school and the, the team that they're with and the guys that they've been playing with all year, and they want to end the year off on a right way. They're not just like Ohio State where, oh, we're playing the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. We're just all going to stay, stay home and not risk getting hurt. Like, they actually care about playing. And yeah. I, that That's something that I'd really despise about. I don't want to sound like like an old head here, but I despise about this like new generation is that we're just so worried. They're always worried about getting hurt. You can get hurt at any time. You can get hurt playing Austin P on September the first, the first game of the year. Like I get it, you want to protect your draft stock, but like at, at what point does that start to become a red flag? Like, we're just all worried about opt outs. Injuries can happen at any point, at any situation, and that's. That's another thing that the whole excuse was with Nico this year is he's going to get injured, but he went in there against the top-rated – the stats say the top-rated defense in college bas- or college football, excuse me. And whipped their ass. Yeah, and shredded them. So, with a depleted offensive line and um, kind of a crappy wide receiver core, if we're being honest. So, it's a uh, – yeah, I don't know. It could be interesting. I will say uh, – Zay Lance is a big, big pickup, obviously. That's First huge. protection. So, we'll see how that turns out. Um, I think he was just going to go to the highest bidder. Obviously, he wasn't going to go to, like, a Austin P or someone someone who's crappy right. to go play. But I, 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 don't, I don't really care how you get him as long as he comes here and produces. That's all that That's matters. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Just get in here, produce. Keep the quarterback protected. That's all we care about. Keep our quarterback protected. And if you're on defense, get to the quarterback. Because right now, yeah, of course, you still got Willie Martinez back there coaching your secondary. And not a lot of confidence in him. There's not a lot of reason to have a lot of confidence in him. And Kamal Haddon going at the Tennessee fans like he has. Yeah, you played very well in a few of those games your senior year. Guess what? There's also a few times which you played really, really bad. There's a lot of times that you sucked. Yeah. Like that. And that, that South Carolina game will forever be engraved to me. Not this year's, last year's. I mean, that we was happened the whole damn time. It was just embarrassing. Yeah, you're you're an embarrassment to us. You were we're on primetime ESPN, Kirk Kerstree, Chris Fowler, and you're there sitting there getting torched for probably three hundred yards on And then running your, your mouth. It was bad. Very bad. I mean, that was uh yeah, that was probably the most embarrassing moment. I mean, the Florida game, I I'll give him a pass on that just because the guy was coming at him and he's bigger than him, I would have probably done the same thing. I would have probably Do done the same thing that he did. I don't give him a pass at all. That, that changed the whole trajectory of the game. 
I was talking about the uh, well that that was stupid. I'm talking about the incident at the end of the game with the fight. Oh, oh, oh. I'm talking about him diving at the ground when the guy's coming straight ahead at you. Oh, no, the uh, hockey shoulder check. That was inexcusable. Yeah, yeah. Now, you wrap up and you tackle in that situation. And hopefully, we're going to get a lot of that this year. Like, I want our defense to be, you know, I think we were 32nd in the country this past year in total defense. That's in the top 25%. But... At the same time, you need to be in that top 10%, that top 15% if you want a shot at a national title. Yeah, and if I can nitpick here, we've been talking about, at first our complaint was, you know, we haven't really had any elite running back talent, which is true. I mean, we had Jabari Small at the time, and Jalen Wright hadn't really flourished into anything quite yet, but um, we still won 11 games that year, and... You know, now we do we we really do kind of have elite running back talent with uh, Dylan Sampson, and I think Cam Sutton's going to be a very nice player. Mm-hmm. And now the complaint we don't really have any elite secondary. We haven't had any elite secondary recruits, so we don't really have any elite secondary talent. And to win in this league, obviously, I mean that's pretty evident by looking at Georgia. And I guess Georgia's the gold standard now. Alabama's kind of falling apart but you have to have the players that's what it comes down to and I uh I don't know man I just I don't I don't see us it could be a I don't know it should be a neg of all whatever but I, I just don't see us winning anything of matter substantial with Willie Martinez as your defensive backs coach and not bringing any talent back there no that's been uh that's been a hot topic of conversation for a, a few months now really really over a year I don't, I don't really think it should be a debate, honestly. I think he should be gone. But Yeah, I mean, like I said, I thought that Tim Banks would have made a great head coach at MTSU, and he probably should have taken that job and made Willie Martinez his defensive coordinator. I think that would have been a good move for both of them. Yeah, literally. Been a great move for both of them. What if we could move Martin's boy Khalifa Keith back to the secondary? Yeah, what's he – yeah, what is – I've not heard of Khalifa Keith's name. What has – was he a freshman this year? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't hear him one time. I, I know it's behind a stacked room, but we need uh, – and, you know, the rumor was Georgia and uh, Alabama wanted to make Mike Matthews a safety. And huh. that's what, <laughs> like that's that's why he came to Tennessee is because we wanted to use him as a wide receiver. So we'll, I mean, we'll see who comes out on the right end of that. I mean, dude, the guy was the Polynesian Bowl MVP, and they dropped him to a four star. That is probably one of the best athletic specimens at wide receiver that I've seen since Justin Hunter and Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can get on a little rant here. I, I actually hate. I, I despise. I don't really care that you drop. Like, we know the kind of quality of players we're getting here when you, like, I'm not worried about the star. I'm not a star watcher or stargazer, but it does kind of piss me off because when you look at it, like, the 24-7 count composite ratings, we probably have five or six, you know, guys that were five stars that have just been dropped to four stars just because they went to Tennessee. And it's pretty yeah. obvious because if McIntyre had went to Alabama and played for DeBoer now, he would have been probably bumped up even more to five, like, Probably in the top two national. Oh, he'd have been a five-star plus is what he would have been. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a perfect rating, 1.0. So I get so sick and tired of that, man. And, you know, I don't know if there is an agenda, and there probably is behind some of these guys that are doing the rankings. Because, I mean, let's call this like it is. 
a lot of that stuff is just based off solely someone guessing. It's like, how good is your guess, essentially, is what that boils down to. And, you know, a lot of these guys that are coming up through these ranks, a lot of these four and five stars that you've seen in Davis, we mentioned this time and time again about guys in basketball. Well, it's just as bad in football, especially if you've got a skill position player like a wide receiver. Those guys have been gaslit their whole life. They think they are them. They think, Yeah, they are. And they think that just because they made it to college, they're getting NIL money, they don't have to do anything anymore. You got Caleb Williams, who's about to be drafted, who said he wanted an ownership stake in the team that drafted him. But what have you done to deserve that? Who do you think you are? Your name is not Tim Tebow, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I'll even go as far as saying Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Like, what have you done? Yeah, I. that was really – that was – I couldn't believe that was a real quote when I saw that at first. And if I'm, if I'm an NFL team, I'm not really – too thrilled about Caleb Williams being my franchise quarterback. You got a guy that paints his nails. Like, could you imagine losing a close game, like a a game that a playoff game or a game that decides your playoff fate, and he throws an interception or fumbles or causes a turnover or something down the red zone to win the game, and then you go back to the locker room, everybody's pissed off, and you go to his locker and you see him painting his nails. Like, what does that do? What kind of message does that send? Oh, that make me even more mad. I don't want to be around a guy like that. Right. I'm right there with you. I, I don't want to be – like, I would not want to be around Caleb Williams. Matter of That's fact – not the kind of leader you want. No, he's not. And, I mean, what has he done? I mean, did, he didn't. Want, he did not win a conference title when he was at USC. He didn't make it yeah, to the playoffs can, when he was at USC. And we can be honest, in a week, Pac-12. Yes. And I am I can't remember back this far – I don't think he he got a conference title at Oklahoma either. No, he did not. So what has he done to warrant coming out and saying, hey, I want an ownership stake in the team that drafts me? You haven't earned that, man. You have not earned that in the slightest. You have absolutely no no leg to stand on when you make just a bold, just just stupid statement like that. I don't care how much money you're getting in NIL. I don't care that you're mad that you're only getting $500 for one or for being in the NCAA football game. You're not getting it anyway because you're part of the reason why that game is now being pushed back to this July. July the 12th, I'm pretty sure, is when we're going to get that game. Oh, by the way, Davis, we get our user-created content in this game, which I'm very excited about. Hey, I'm uh, – you know, I, yeah, there's no uh, pulling me away from this – xbox for about a week at least during Uh, that time i mean i'm probably going to use my vacation for the day that it drops and then at least a week after that i will do it spend your pto doing something you love been able to do it since uh what 2012 or 11 the last game yeah. 2013 was the last one that got released. It got released in July of that year. And, I mean, dude, the only reason I still have my Xbox 360 is because of that game. Between- well, I'm hoping it'll go to next gen. I have a next gen, I guess, whatever you want to call it. I have a Series S, so hopefully it'll translate to that. But- oh, I got the PS5. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Well, uh, we got to hit our last break of the hour, so 
Uh, stick with us, Morning After You're on Farron Radio. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at northknoxsidingandwindows.com. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway, give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to make your dream home a reality? Hi, I'm Bo Kregner, and here at the Kregner Group at Realty Executives, we know that finding the perfect home is more than just a transaction. It's about finding your sanctuary, your future, your happiness. Our team is dedicated to guiding you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and stress-free journey towards home ownership. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're here to help. Call me anytime at 865-742-1035 or just visit us online at bonoshouses.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers new sewer maintenance program complete with mapping cleaning and camera inspecting visit rogershydrantservice.com Segment here the morning after here on Paramount Radio, presented by Dick's House of Sport. And uh, Jake, something I forgot, I can't believe I forgot to tell you this when we were talking about the Florida game and Kamal Haddon and all that, but I actually drove, we drove through Gainesville on the way down here and we stopped off and went to the swamp. My first time ever being anywhere down there. I'd never been to Gainesville before. Well, the campus is nice, the city's a dump. 
Yeah, I'd never been to the University of Florida before. Almost ran over a pedestrian accident. Not my fault, but <laughs> it is it is what it is. Um, but that I was not. I mean, you know, you you have all these like ideas, and I, I'll just say what you see on television is not it is not what you see in real life. Like it's that place is absolutely dumb. That's the only way I can describe it. The stadium is a dump. Like. The campus, beautiful. Stadium, dump. And it's like, I just sat there in disbelief. I mean, it's like, they don't do this at UT, really, but they just leave it wide open for anyone to come in. You can do whatever. There's people uh, running up and down the stairs, people going down to the they, – you weren't allowed on the field, but you were allowed on the gate right outside the field, on field level. You can go down and take a picture, do whatever. I mean, the stadium's just wide open access for anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's just – I appreciate them for doing that, but like that's that's something that's not very common in today's uh, world. We'll just say, but no, nah, man, I was just not impressed by that stadium at all, and I just sat there, kind of just I couldn't believe, I can't believe that we can't win there. Like it's not, I'm sure it gets pretty. Uh, it gets loud down there, dude. Yeah, I'm sure it gets pretty loud during the games, but like I just sitting there, like how do we keep losing this piece of you know what? Like it, yeah, like they're paint peeling off the paint peeling off the walls seats are broken uh bathrooms look like they're from the 50s i mean it's 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 clear that they don't really do a whole lot put a whole lot of money into the uh let's just say the uh amenities of that stadium oh buddy well i mean the, the worst part about that place not only is that place a dump those people stink dude I, those people smell absolutely rancid and when I say these are some of the worst smelling people that I've ever smelled in my life, I am not joking. And Davis, I can deal, you know, and we've had this situation here at Fan Run. I can deal with somebody who has just gotten off of work or has just been working out because they're making an attempt to better their life or better themselves, right? I cannot deal with somebody that just goes around stinking and them people stink. I mean, it smells like you went to Walmart and got a can of Old Roy beef chunks and gravy and just opened up that thing and took a big old whiff. That's what them people smell like. I can't stand them. Now, and anybody that stinks for that matter, if you have not showered by this point in your day, go turn on the water, get some of that Dawn soap or whatever you got, and just lather in it. Please do the world a favor and stop stinking. Get all uh. Dove soap, that doesn't hurt either. I mean, anything. I mean, you can use the yellow bar of dial soap for all I care. Just use something. Uh, yeah, the, them and the uh, the soot man from uh, Kentucky, the Ooh. coal miner that just came in there. <laughs> that, was the, oh, that is staged. That was staged. There's yeah, no fake. way that was real. Yeah, fake, fake as hell. And. The fact that Cat, Coach Cal's like, oh, yeah, you know. My family guy, worked like, in the coal mines. <laughs> yeah, Cal wouldn't pee on that guy if he was on fire. Right. Let's be real. It that, That's just, that was disgusting. And I, I don't know, man. It's just, you can't find a sink, a water fountain, anything. To a gas station. Just stop at the gas station. They have little soap dispensers right there. It's that pink soap. I mean, use it. Go get a hose on and water yourself down. Something. Something. Like, there's no way you show up to your daughter or son or daughter's bas- basketball game like that. 
Just stinking. God, I cannot. I can't deal with this anymore, man. I'm sitting here watching Sports Center's on right now, showing Patrick Mahomes high school basketball highlights. Please, God, Lamar Jackson, I'm begging you. Please do the job for all of America today. Please. Can I stand him? Can I stand Taylor Swift? Can I stand Brittany Holmes? Can't stand Jackson Mahomes? Like, just please end it. I'll be the only reason I don't like the Chiefs, and it's not even Patrick Mahomes. It's everything that goes on around Patrick Mahomes that I hate. He set himself up because I think I think he is like actually if you take if you take all that other extra stuff out, like he's a likable guy. Like yeah. he's a he's a good player, a likable guy, and I would actually enjoy watching the Chiefs play if if it wasn't for all that. But when you have a brother who does TikTok dances and He's been in the uh, he's been in the news multiple times for uh, different reasons, none of them good. And you have your <laughs> wife who's out there spraying champagne on uh, fans and ten degrees, and uh, then you have the ta- whole Taylor Swift thing, which who the hell knows, man? I still think that could be staged. The we Taylor thing doesn't it, it bothers me that when they put more attention on her than what they do the game. Yeah, that pisses me off. No one's there to see her. No. And who am I leaving off? I guess that's it. Those three. But and then did you see what the dad said? The dad, uh, Pat Patrick Mahomes' dad. I guess his name is just Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's the first, but he's like, I hope I'm not sitting with them this game. Like he doesn't want to be associated with them. No, and notice, like you never see the dad, and you didn't see the dad until they did an interview with him. In a post game last year, I think it might have been the Super Bowl. Yeah, after the Super Bowl was over, so the entire year you do not see his face one time. That's about the only time you see him is after the Super Bowl. And, and there's a reason you never see him is because he doesn't want to be around them. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know, kind of to compare it to NBA, kind of like uh, T. Morant, how he just wants to always be in the spotlight and uh, yeah, use his son's son's uh, clout and fame for himself. Kind of oh, like, like Levar Ball. Yeah, well, LeVar really – I guess LeVar's calmed down now. He could be riding off LaMelo, but he's not, which I'm well, grateful for. Well, the thing but. is, it's like, you know, with LeVar, I mean, he really got humbled when the whole Alan Foster thing went down. Yeah. When Lonzo yeah, got his money bad. taken, that's well, that's when that stopped. Yeah, that was bad. But um, – God, sorry, I'm blanking here. But – oh. Like, Taylor Swift is definitely does not need any of this at all. She's probably the most famous female in the world right now, just in terms of music-wise. And She's one of the top-selling artists of all time. Yeah, she like she does not need any of this, but Brittany Mahomes needs it. Jackson Mahomes sure as hell needs it. So, like, those two just – I don't know what he needs to do. He needs to – I don't know. He just needs he needs to do something where no one sees those two those two people's faces ever. And I don't know because I, I think it, it like people legit are rooting just against him just because of his brother and sister or brother and wife, not because of anything he does on the field. Right. Now, granted, I'm gonna be straight up here. I am pulling hard for the Detroit Lions tonight. Yeah. Like I uh, I love Jawan. I love what he's doing out in San Francisco, but. The Detroit Lions are America's team right now. That is a city that needs this. 
I, they absolutely need this. This is a team that had not won a playoff game since 91. They had a okay run in the mid-2000s with the Pistons. But this city, like, they have rallied behind this team so well. You can't help but to love it. I Yeah, I, I've loved the Lions and their story and everything that they've done this year, but I think their time's coming. It's just not now. I think uh, – I think they're going to get beat today. I don't know if it's going to be a slaughter. I don't really think it will be because I just don't think that's how a Dan Campbell team is. But I, I just don't think it's their time quite yet. Like, they've had an amazing season. They've been a great story. And it's been amazing that they've made it to the NFC Championship. But I just think the 49ers, like, that's a team. They've been all around. Like, this is – it. Like, this is really their time to win. If they're not going to win now, then they never will. Because Brock Purdy's still on a rookie contract. Like, they can't pay all these guys forever. So, if they want it, like, they've this is their time. And I think they're going to, despite them looking like crap last week, I think they're going to come out and handle business. And then, you know, with the Ravens and or Ravens and Chiefs, excuse me, my, my heart tells me one thing and my brain tells me another. So, yeah. Um, no, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I get it. I don't know. I uh, I kind of want to see a 49ers for like for football purposes. I want to see like a 49ers Ravens Super Bowl, but for viewership, they'll want Chiefs and Lions. It's kind of how I think, or maybe Chiefs and Niners, one of the two. But Chiefs definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, like, it's probably here's what's going to happen. Baltimore is going to win. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, call it like it is. Baltimore is probably going to win. San Francisco is probably going to win. Now, what do I want to see happen? I want to see the Lions win, and it would not hurt me to see the Ravens win. I, I, just the whole deal like we just mentioned with Patrick Mahomes, you know, wife, girlfriend, whatever she is, his brother, and then you throw the Taylor Swift angle at it. We're tired of seeing that. So I, I would love to see a Baltimore – Detroit Super Bowl. I don't know if we're going to get that, but that's kind of the direction I'm leading. The Detroit yeah. Volunteers. That's who we're pulling for today. No, nothing would make me happier than a Chiefs Chiefs Lions Super Bowl, and the Lions just absolutely destroy them. That would be the perfect Cinderella storybook ending. Oh, it would be fantastic. Me. Lions are America's but, uh, team, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've run out of time here. I didn't realize I didn't keep up with the time. I realized it was already 9.55. But we've uh, yeah, so we've run out of time. But we'll talk to you next week, and we'll uh, definitely have some things to talk about after Tennessee takes on Kentucky next Saturday night. So thank you, Jake. Thank you, Davis. And uh, stick with us. We'll talk to you next week here on Family Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, 